You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Russell takes the snap, steps up in the pocket, looks, has time. Now he's going to throw. Tyler Lockett looks for the ball. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks! Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. The handoff inside to Carson starts up the middle, now bounces it across the line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks! Powered by Seahawks.com. Well, an uncharacteristic season for the Seahawks continues, but your consistent factors every week. John Boyle from Seahawks.com and myself, I'm Jen Mueller, sideline reporter for the Seahawks. And John, in an effort to continue finding silver linings, we both were able to take advantage of some sunshine and run through the campus of the University of Maryland over the weekend, which is where the Seahawks stayed prior to their game against the Washington football team. So that wasn't so bad. It's a beautiful campus, although I will say when you get to a certain age, jogging through a college campus makes you feel a little old. No. No, you're not going there? I know. All right. I chose well, to say I chose to say it makes me feel wise. There you go. Do you really want to be like in your 20s again? Nah. I'm, I mean like there, there are at. some things that are fun. I yeah. don't want to do that again. No. I don't and I'm starting to get to the point where it's um it's appropriate to say I don't even want to relive my 30s again. Wow. I know. That's it kind of tells you how old I am. <laughs> but it gives me perspective on what we're seeing everywhere, not just on college campuses. Look, we have seen these things with the Seahawks before. Now it has not been in the Russell Wilson era. It has been prior to Russell Wilson when the team was transitioning about 13, 14 years ago. The numbers are what the numbers are, and you can't gloss over them. Russell Wilson, since returning from his injury, has completed 54 of 106 passes. His third down completions for the season at 38%. That is the worst by a qualified quarterback since Mark Brunel in 2004. These These are numbers that we would never associate with Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. So, John, here's the question, and this is actually a multi-part question. What are we seeing from Russell and the offense? Is this a lack of trust, a lack of confidence? Is it a lack of ability because of injury? Is it a lack of desire? Or is it some combination of all of it? I mean, I'll definitely rule out the lack of desire. He's as motivated as as anyone, and I I don't think that's the problem at all. Look, he can't admit that the finger is a problem. He came back. He's, you know, medically okay, but... I do wonder just if there's some element of relearning. Okay, it's it's a little different right now. He he's coming off surgery, and it's been specific throws. I mean, we've seen him make some awesome throws. That touchdown throw to Gerald Everett was great. The touchdown to Freddie Swain was a great throw. Some of the deep balls he's thrown the last two weeks have been dead on. It's some of these where he's you know ripping out a quick third down throw. We've seen him throw well over Gerald Everett's head a few times, and maybe there's just something to, okay, his his finger feels a little different. The feel on the ball might be a little different, and when he's just gripping and ripping a quick throw, it's coming off his hand funny. I'm not sure. I, I do think from week to week, even though the overall numbers haven't been great, I think we've seen more quality throws with each game, which gives me some confidence that he's getting it back. But, yeah, I mean, he's never missed time in his career. He missed a month. And it is a new offense. I don't think they were fully dialed in before he got hurt. So they're kind of getting back into things there. So it's, I think it's a lot of factors. I don't think it's anything having to do with his desire, his want to, his work ethic, any of that. I just think a few things aren't going well for him. And I don't know, maybe sometimes it gets in your head a little bit. If, you know, you've been doing this a long time and all of a sudden something's not working, it, it might get to your head a little bit too where you're, you're overthinking it a little. 
Well, and how much of that is just, you know, we go back to being wiser after running around a a college campus, right? I think overthinking is easier the older that you get. Oh, for sure. Because you have way more to remember. You know, and and you've heard Brett Favre talk about seeing ghosts on the field. I'm not saying Russ is seeing ghosts. My point is you have so many different things that you can point to that either went wrong or that you wanted to do differently. And now instead of just playing free and clear – you're just like going through all the machinations of everything on every play. And that's just not an effective way to play football. Yeah, I mean, you, you've had a decade of pretty much being a Hall of Fame caliber player every time you take the field just about. And yeah, maybe there's somebody that you early on, you throw one high and fired over the guy that the next time you're making that throw, it's it's in the back of your head. And you hear about like golfers where you get in your head thinking about your swing and all that. So I look, I'm not going to all of a sudden think Russell Wilson's not a good quarterback because of a few rough outings after a career of, again, being a Hall of Fame player. He's going to get this right, and, you know, he's going to get on track. I think it's going to help the offense a lot whenever he does. The problem for this team is they need to happen really quickly because they're running out of time. Yeah, and it's not like it's the hard things that Russell can't do. Some of it's the things that are right in front of him, at least. That's what Pete Carroll noticed when they went through the tape together. As we went through it, you know, and, and we watched it together, there's just uh, there's a few plays in there, really on the on the the shorter passing game uh, that, that he just really tried to drill the football, you know, and, and maybe you know threw a little too hard, you know, threw it harder than normal, trying to make sure the ball was there and crisp and all of that. Uh, the ball's down the field. He threw the ball really well on the move, really well. Um, and, but we did we weren't as sharp as we need to be, uh, and, and it showed up on I think three specific third down situations that all could have been very convertible for us and, and so you know that's that's just what you know as we looked at it you know and, and uh so the easily corrected you know easily corrected he feels great he does not feel like he's uh he's burdened by you know by the, the surgery from the past and all that he's ready to go i mean the the word that you cling to there and hope hope works out is the easily corrected part because again it's you know it isn't everything he's we just talked about he's done a lot of things really well it's just figuring out those few throws that aren't working for him and and just maybe getting that full confidence back to let everything go cuz you know they they need the the pro bowl really good version of Russell Wilson if they got a chance to finish the season strong and there is some speculation, there's some question out there as to whether he will continue to get all of the snaps for the rest of the year. And Pete Carroll ended that conversation very quickly this week. He said there is no reason to sit him. He actually needs to be out there. He needs the game time. So they're not they're not looking for an opportunity to look at other quarterbacks. They are looking for Russell, as you said, to get back to himself. A running game and different facets of the running game would help. And I, I think that... It's a chicken and the egg thing, right? Like you you can look at it and say they're not moving the ball in the run game because you're not getting enough push on the offensive line or because you don't have the right running backs. But I would argue if if you know that the Seahawks are only getting 48 plays a game, which is a ridiculously no, low number, it's not that hard for the defense to be able to read or just stop drives where they are on the field. Right. I mean, the longest drive for the Seahawks on Sunday or excuse me, on Monday night was about two thirty six play, two minutes and 30 seconds. Even even the times they went down and scored or they went down the field and they had the turnover. All those plays involved, all those drives involved some big plays. So, you know, obviously you're not going to turn down the 50 yard pass to Tyler Lockett. You, You love to see those plays. But if that's the only way you're getting down the field and then you're going three and out, what was it six times, I think, in the game? That's four all to start the second half. Yeah, 
they had five Four in a row at yep. one point going back to the second quarter. So when you're going either three or out or big plays, either way, you're getting off the field fast, and that puts a real burden on the defense. And to your point, just you don't get enough plays to really get everything into your offense. I mean, you'll hear, you know, Pete Carroll or whether it's John Shire in the pregame interview saying they want to get so-and-so involved and, you know, maybe get some touches for this guy and that doesn't happen. And people want to be like, oh, well, they lied about this. I was like, no. They obviously were planning on getting more than 45, 48 plays. You can't get to your whole offense. You can't get all the players involved you want to get. And it's just, it's really hard for it to look like everyone wants it to. So, yeah, it's, it feels like a broken record, but we just really want to see some drives extended, get some third downs, or just, you know, if you can't come in on third down, just get more first downs on first or second down. But they got to just stay on the field. They got to balance that out a little bit, both yeah. for the offense to be what it can be, but also take some burden off that defense. Well, and you wonder if a signing this week is going to help. The Seahawks signing Adrian Peterson to the practice squad, of course, AP, with a lot of experience, a lot of good years in Minnesota. In college, he was the guy that everybody looked to, and uh, Pete Carroll, in fact, looked to have him in college too. Excited to see if he can help us out and give us a little something. And um, it's a player that I've, you know, I've known forever. You know, was way back to his high school days, and and uh, admired him tremendously over the years. Always disappointed we didn't get him back in the day, but uh, like I just told him, we finally got him. So I'm looking forward to see how he, how he does and uh, see where, where he can fit in. He's an incredible uh, competitor and and uh, a, a really great guy, and and uh, so I'm anxious to, you know, give him a chance to get on the field with our boys. Yeah, you know. Look, Adrian Peterson is not the all-pro guy he was in his career, but he's he's been effective late in his career into his 30s. He had a 1,000-yard season, I think, three years ago and a couple good seasons the last two years. So, you know, you, you're not going to look at him to come in and just revive your offense, but maybe he provides a little spark, some leadership. And, you know, it's funny, Pete Carroll mentioned wanting him in college. I remember him coming here in college when Oklahoma played. I covered the University of Washington back then, and, Man, he even back then you're like, wow, this guy's something different, and he's made a Hall of Fame career out of it. So it'll be fun to see what he brings. I mean, look, we're, I don't think you can count on a past his. I don't want to say past his prime, but a you know in his 30s running back coming in midseason to drastically change things. But hopefully, he can provide a little something for a running game that just it needs to get going. Well, I would say let's look at a couple of things. Number one, he has played this season. He played for Tennessee when Derrick Henry was hurt, so it's not like he is coming in without any experience this year. Number two, I think you're right about the leadership. I also think it sends a message to the entire team of we are still trying to win. Now, you could argue how much AP is going to be able to contribute when it comes to yards or carries or first downs or any of that. But I do think it sends a bigger message to the team of we're not just going to mail this in and just try to like mix and match and, and see what this is. Like we're not to that point yet. I also think his style of running I was just gonna say that. He, is he, going yeah. to be different. And if you only give him a couple of touches, but he's able to bowl somebody over, then do that a few plays, loosen it up a little bit for one of your other backs. Well, and I think one thing they really missed with Chris Carson now is just that physicality in the yes. position, particularly some short yards. We saw a couple third and ones where they didn't get it. And I think, you know, even even at 36 years old, Adrian Peterson's a guy that gives that physicality if you just need to hammer it in the line of scrimmage. And 
pick up a couple tough yards. Well, and you were going to face a San Francisco team that has won the last three games by committing to the run. They have rushed for, as a team, in the last three games, 156 yards, 171, and 208. Elijah Mitchell is doing a lot of that work. The Seahawks did not see him back in week four. He was hurt. But uh, Pete knows exactly what he brings to this run game. Well, they've been really effective. The commitment really was obvious against the Rams a few weeks ago uh, that they're really going after the running game and, and uh, they've been making great progress the last three weeks. They continue to get more more yards each week and uh, he's been right in the middle of all of it. You know, he's, he's tough. He's got really good speed. Everybody that runs for them always looks good, you know, and, and uh, it's because they have a real commitment to it that showing up, they're running the ball a ton, you know, and, and uh, he's the lead, lead ball carrier right now. Yeah, I mean, you look at their offense, their, just their play overall, how much better they've been in recent weeks and so much of that has been predicated on their running game that's just been on fire. I mean, I think it's over 150-some yards, each over 200 one of the games and over 150 both the other two. And as you said, we haven't seen Elijah Mitchell yet. He didn't play in the last game, and he's been really good. He's 90-plus yards in four of the last five games. So this is, you know, a different 49ers offense, what the Seahawks saw. I think we're, you know, seeing some of the best play out of Jimmy Garoppolo in his career, and that's not a coincidence. It's coming with the run game going like this. So, yeah, it's a very tough test for this defense. When you say the best play of Jimmy Garoppolo, though, what you have now is a body of work where you know he's going to complete about 67 68% of his passes, and he's going to be the guy that doesn't take a whole lot of chances. There's nothing wrong with that, but there should be opportunities for the Seahawks there. He's been sacked 18 times this year, and yeah, he's thrown 13 touchdown passes, but he's also thrown six interceptions. He's found a way to keep the 49ers in games. I think you have to find a way to get to him, which is a bit of a challenge this week, going back to how much they run the ball. And they get the ball out quickly when they do throw it. They do. That is one of the other challenges with this. And, you know, I think there's another challenge when it comes to the pass rush in this game. Not only is it the amount that San Fran is running the ball, you still have some raw talent that is trying to make plays. And the numbers look better than expected, perhaps, from last game, but there's still room for improvement. I think our numbers were 38% of the time. You guys can ch- double-check. That's what we're hearing, you know, that we had pressure on the quarterback. We missed three sacks that, that we really should have had. We're keeping, you know, they had uh, one explosive pass play or something in the game, you know, so we're keeping things under wraps but um, not being able to hit the quarterback. And the problem with that results from that is you don't get the chance to get the ball from them, you know, and it's one of the most vulnerable parts of the game is getting after the quarterback. And when we're not as effective as we need to be, then we're not getting our shots at the football. The poor throws, the ball's coming out. And uh, so we're going to just keep working at it. I was surprised. I didn't feel like the rush was, as, was you know, uh, significant enough in that game, but the numbers kind of show that we we did some stuff. But uh, we got to do better, and we got to finish the plays. We got to finish the, the opportunities. That's where the ball comes out, and we need to make those turnovers to help us on offense. Yeah, I mean, it, as Pete Carroll referenced there, they they just they missed a few. There's somewhere guys were coming free and had their shot, and you know it's good to get the pressure. You still get some incomplete passes that way, things like that. But to get those turnovers, get some of the errant throws or the fumbles, things like that, they got to start finishing those. You know, it is good, as Pete Carroll said, that they've cleaned up a lot in the coverage end. They're not giving up the big plays. But I think for this defense to truly reach its potential, you know, Daryl Taylor's been an awesome addition. The five sacks are great. But 
he can't be the only guy getting it done, and they just they need more guys getting home. Well, and again, Daryl Taylor's raw. Yeah, Alton Robinson got thirty two percent of the snaps. He's raw, right? There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of you know you want to you get there you hustle but you can't quite finish it. And we saw that with a couple of of plays last week. And and it has been quarterbacks that are that I, I hate to say middle of the road, right? I'm going to say consistently average, mm-hmm. right? That have been big problems the last couple of weeks. And some of that is just knowing how to finish plays is what I'm going to say on that one. Um, You mentioned the fact that the secondary has been better and that they're not giving up a lot of big plays. Which do you think has had the greater impact, cornerback play or Jamal Adams? Yes. (laughs) I mean, I think think the cornerback play has probably been the more drastic shift I don't think Jamal Adams was playing as poorly as a lot of people wanted to say he was early in the year. Just there were a few very visible plays where he just got beaten man coverage and people want to pile on him. Cause I think he's judged a lot, obviously on what the Seahawks gave up for him versus just what he's doing week in and week out on the field. But he has been awesome lately. He's playing a lot better, but yeah, in terms of the cornerbacks, just that move of getting DJ Reed back to the right side getting Trey Brown in the starting lineup. Unfortunately, he's now out for the season. But Sidney Jones has brought them some good stuff, too. So I think it's just kind of a combination of everything. Quandary Diggs has kind of been the steady presence back there all year. has been really good. And then, yeah, just getting getting a better version of Jamal Adams plus an upgrade at corner has really helped that secondary. Can we shout out Quandre for just a minute on the hit that he leveled that yes. resulted in Jamal's interception. Yeah, I mean, he... Unbelievable. I, Against a tight end. Yeah, I think we've made this point before, but just for, for his size, how physical he is as a safety, we see it a lot of times on in the running game when he just comes flying down and hits a guy, but he he really packs a punch for a little guy, and that play was just... A little. I mean, he's bigger than me. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't help but laugh because I can't wait little, to tell him little this by is football what you standards. said. This is like <laughs> when we refer to somebody as old. Like I'm, we're talking about Adrian Peterson like he's some old man, and I'm five years older than him. But, yeah, it's. I mean, it's football Football, little, okay? But anyway, he. yeah, I mean, he, he just really is unafraid to throw his body in there and, and hit a guy hard. It's, it's fun to see. Uh, but here's a good note from that Seahawks defense. We got just a couple minutes with you here. Good note from the Seahawks defense. You know that they are giving up a lot of yards. Now, some of that is skewed from earlier in the year. You also know that they have been on the field longer than any other defense in the league. But, John, it might surprise you to know that they are tied for third in the fewest number of touchdowns allowed with 15. San Francisco is also part of that group. I am not surprised, Jen, because you told me that. <laughs> Sorry. John, uh, play no, it's along. a great stat, That's, Jen. You know what? I'm not telling this you anything anymore. This is what happens anymore. when you I'm prepare not, me for the show. I'm not, yeah. ta- I'm not traveling with you well no, anymore. I will I'm not say, playing with you. I'm not, we're not doing I this. I will say I, I didn't know that number until your excellent research t- pointed that out. I will say I'm not stunned by it because we've seen them make so many stops in the red zone this year where even a lot of these drives that teams get, I mean, they've, they've been among the league leaders in red zone defense all year. We saw a great example of it in the game last week where it was a little weird situation because there were, you know, Washington didn't have a kicker, so they had to go for it on fourth down and it came down to the wire there. And I mean a, a play as close as it could get that got reviewed. But yeah, it's they have that's this defense has always had that mentality of, you know, it they, they have always said, you know, give them one blade of grass to defend and they'll do it. And they've been really good in the red zone this year. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, last thing I want to mention before we get to the two things that we need, and that is Nick Bosa. I mean, I don't want to mention him, but we have to mention him. Yeah. 11 sacks, 16 tackles for loss. That's the most in the NFL this season. He also has 23 quarterback hits. This is going to be a tall task for Dwayne Brown. He's as active as ever. They're moving him around more. They're playing him on, on, on the other side some. And uh, we've even seen him over the center some. So they're, they're really trying to position him to be effective. He's a really good player. He plays with a great motor. I mean, his, his strength to power uh, stuff that he's got, you know, he just adds it to his rushes uh, along with the speed really makes him very, very difficult. And so uh, we've got to take care of him. We've got to make sure we know where he is and, and account for him in our protection pickups. And he's doing this a year removed from a real serious knee injury. You know, the kind of injury where a lot of times guys get back, but they have that year where they're not quite all the way back. But, yeah, I mean, he's been phenomenal. He's got you know, a ton of sacks, as you said, hits, pressures. He's just he's that kind of defensive player that you, you can't let him wreck a game because he's capable of it by himself. Yeah, and when I said it's going to follow a lot on Dwayne Brown, I would still imagine that he's coming off that left side, the Seahawks' left side. But that could also be really tough for Ethan Posick. We don't know what's going to happen at left guard this week. Kyle Fuller has missed some practice. I saw that ankle injury happen during the game. You've got Brandon Shell, who's been dealing with some injuries too. Anywhere Nick Bosa lines up on that line, it is going to be a challenge, especially when you consider everything we've talked about with time of possession. Before we wrap this up, I need to correct an error. It was not 2008 that Adrian Peterson gashed the Huskies. That was 2006. I was thinking of DeMarco Murray in 2008. But they both had big games against the Huskies. So I go. appreciate your I didn't your want that error living excellence. on the air and people I reaching out and yes. calling us idiots. I appreciate Well, they might do that anyway, I mean, but it won't be because fair. of that. So that's good. Um, okay, two things that you need to see from the Seahawks this week for a win. I mean, it, I feel like it's a broken record, but get more plays. Yeah. I don't care how you do it. Get a bunch of third down wins or just don't get to third down. But just get get the total plays over 60, which is just kind of a normal game. I, I'm, I don't need some crazy offensive dominance, but they've only had over 60 plays, I think, twice this entire season, which in a normal year you do that just about every week. So... That'll help the offense be better. That'll help the defense not be on the field so much. So, yeah, just figure that out. Other side of the ball, I want to see some turnovers. You know, they uh, we've seen when Garoppolo does have some – if it's not going well for him, he can maybe make some mistakes, give the ball up. I think that, you know, obviously you'll have to stop the run to get to Garoppolo. But, yeah, just let's get two, two turnovers off him. Okay. I don't disagree with either of those, and the Seahawks have not run over 60 plays in a game in the last five games. You are correct. It has only been in two games this year, and I'm going to throw this number out to you too. The 49ers, in their three straight wins, are averaging 38 minutes for time of possession. Wow. It's unbelievable. They've also scored 30 points in each of those games. So I would agree with you on let's get more plays. I'd like to see at least five targets to DK Metcalf. I'd like to see him targeted in the first quarter. And defensively, I can't say I would like you'd like to say stop the run. But I think what you're really saying is let's let's contain things a little bit. You've got no Debo Samuel. You know that they're going to run the ball. So let's make sure that there are sure tackles. Can I do that? Because Elijah Mitchell is great after first contact. He's averaging over three yards. So let's make sure that they are sure tackles and that they are not allowing those extra yards after contact. 
Sounds, Sounds like a me. plan. I like it. All right, that's our plan for this week. I hope your plan next week is to join us for another edition of the Seahawks Insiders Podcast.